habits of billionaires, even these billionaires do not want you to know. You're about to discover around 20 of the darker secrets billionaires will not tell you about how they became self-made billionaires. I have a handful of good friends and mentors over the last 17 years who are billionaires. And I see the difference between what they tell me behind closed doors when the cameras are off and then the PR campaigns that a lot of the billionaires put out into the media. I've spent the best part of two decades studying millionaires and billionaires, hundreds of them. And I became a millionaire age 31 and a decamillionaire age 35. And that was a long time ago. I also wrote one of the best selling books in the world on money called Money, translated into 12 different languages. So this is not hype and this is not fluff and this is not a 17-year-old pretending to be an expert. Now, I'm going to save some of the more controversial ones to the end. Now, you may get triggered by some of these habits of billionaires and you have two choices. One, be triggered, go home angry, do nothing, stay broke. Two, observe the habit, remove the morality and put your own good judgment and use the habit for good. Now, there's a lot of noise out there on the internet about how to be rich, which is completely wrong, and it's from people who are broke. Think big, set goals, work hard. Billions of people think big, that's called dreaming, and they're broke. Billions of people work hard, and they're broke. Billions of people set goals, and they're broke. Some of these are my observations from knowing billionaires and interviewing billionaires and having billionaires as mentors. A few of these are general success principles, but many of them are specific to becoming very rich. The reason you've not heard many of these, especially the ones towards the end, is the billionaires do not want you to know them. The reason these billionaires do not want you to know these secrets is because billions of people will judge them, states will tax them, and governments will imprison them. In fact, I'm likely to lose a friend or two who's a billionaire for sharing this, but remember, I always say, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. I want you to know the reality of how you can get rich. The best way to get rich is not some scheme or scam, is to find the people who are the richest and learn how they got rich. What you won't find here is a specific type of business model or a morality or ethical judgment because good people can become billionaires and bad people can become billionaires. You can become a billionaire in any market or no market. And before people start saying, well, it's all right being rich, but every billionaire is unhappy. How many billionaires have you met? One of the biggest loads of nonsense I have ever heard is that rich people are unhappy. Most broke people I know are unhappy. Most rich people I know are actually very happy. Every billionaire I know is kind and generous and philanthropic, every single one. And I don't know Putin. And according to Elon Musk, he's the richest man in the world. Let's do this. Habit number one, curiosity. I remember one of the early billionaires I interviewed on my show Disruptors, and I was shocked. Normally when I interview people, I ask the questions, they share the answers, I speak a little, they speak a lot, they're interested in themselves because they are the guest, and they are not interested in me because I'm just the interviewer. Not the billionaires. So a billionaire who's become a friend of mine, David McCourt, you can find his interview on my show Disruptors, turned my first interview on to me, where he started asking me all the questions. I felt a bit taken aback, like, like, why is a billionaire interviewing me? Is this some kind of interrogation? This feels strange. We got to the end of the interview and we went out for dinner and the interrogation and the questions and the curiosity didn't stop. We ended up doing a live event together and we had dinner after that and the questions and the interrogation and the curiosity didn't stop. And then it hit me. 
You would imagine a billionaire would want to just talk, talk, talk. Their ego would walk in the room. It's all about them. But think about it. The best way to learn is to be curious. And when you're curious, you ask questions and you want to find answers. So if asking good questions made you rich, why would you stop being curious once you'd gotten rich? Everyone assumes that once people are rich, they don't need to learn anything else. But it's the curiosity that made them rich. So why would it stop? And so therefore, it stands to reason and logic that you would continue to be even more curious the more wealthy you got because curiosity made you wealthy in the first place. Every billionaire I know can move their ego over there and ask a little person on the street or a waiter or waitress a question to get an answer that they need or a little interviewer like me, or should I say a very rich interviewer like me. Be humble enough to ask the stupid question. I've never seen a billionaire ask a question and then be embarrassed and say, oh, I'm sorry about the stupid question. Humility is confidence that you can always learn from someone. Humility is the understanding that everyone knows something you don't. And I remember reading in How to Win Friends and Influence People, you have two ears and one mouth. So listen twice as much as you talk. As an aside, I've also noticed with billionaires, they don't talk much. People who talk and puke and spew and talk and puke and spew and this nervous energy, they're trying to prove something. They're trying to fill a void. They're not comfortable with space and silence. They haven't got time and space to think. But every billionaire I know is happy to sit in silence. They don't need to prove themselves in any room. And they listen way more than they talk. And generally, if you want to see who's the most powerful person in the room, look at the person who speaks the least, who's comfortable in the silence. Now, because the more you learn, the more you earn, and the learning never stops, it stands to reason that curiosity can make you rich. You will never get rich not knowing, or not understanding, or not figuring out. And you are just one good question from one smart person away from figuring out what you need to know to build your wealth. Habit number two, full, final, personal responsibility. I have never met a billionaire. In fact, I've never met a millionaire that blames everybody else. It's everyone else's fault. Husband's fault, wife's fault, government's fault, staff's fault, weather's fault. Now, look, don't get me wrong. I know some emotional millionaires and billionaires, and believe you me, they can be angry. But here's what I've noticed in all of them. They have their bitch, their moan, their rant, and then they draw the line fast. And they say, it is my responsibility. It is my fault. I own everything. You cannot control what you blame someone else for. You cannot change what you don't take responsibility for. So even if it isn't your fault, it is. Because as soon as it is, you can do something about it. And even if you can't do something about it, you can do something about how you respond to it. Millionaires go bust all the time and then they make millions again. Billionaires go bust all the time and then they make billions again. I currently have over 130 staff, 110 of them in my office here where I sit now. I've had 150 staff. I've hired thousands of staff. And at times when they do something wrong, I can go into wanting to blame them because it's their job and they failed. However, there's only one person's fault, and that's mine, because I clearly didn't educate them enough. I didn't give them a clear job description. I didn't support them enough or challenge them enough. And if I take responsibility for every member of my staff and every action or non-action that they do, I can change the outcome. I can move them into another role. I can train them, motivate them, challenge them, commission them, reward them, or I can ask them to move on. And I am in control. Whatever you do not own, owns you. And it reminds me of a quote from Bill Gates, who's one of the most famous and maybe controversial billionaires out there. If you're born poor, it's not your fault. 
if you die poor, it is your fault. To go from zero air to nearly there, you need to learn the rules of money. To go from nearly there to millionaire, you need to break the rules of the system. But to go from millionaire to billionaire, you make the rules of your own system. Habit number three is spotting trends and early market movements. Now, you could argue this is not a habit, it is a strategy. But I would challenge you on that. Henry Ford said, if I asked my customers what they wanted, they'd have asked for a faster horse. Henry Ford knew what his customers wanted before they did. Steve Jobs would famously not ask Apple customers what they wanted because he believed he knew better than them. And so to be a high-level millionaire or billionaire, you need to be able to see markets moving at the early adopter stage before the masses. Warren Buffett said, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Walt Disney says, observe the masses and do the opposite. When we first started digging for oil, many billionaires were made in the oil rush. Then when we discovered gold, many billionaires were made in the gold rush. Then when we had rail and steel, many billionaires were made in steel. When we had the rush of the internet, many billionaires were made in the internet. When we had the rush of social media, many billionaires were made in social media. When we had the rush in crypto, many billionaires were made in crypto. Now we have the rush in AI and many billionaires will be made in the rush of AI. But you don't hear of new billionaires forming in car insurance or nursing because these industries are old and the early adopter stage happened hundreds of years ago. One of my company's progressive success made 10 million in one year in the e-commerce boom. That e-commerce boom has since settled down now and people are not making the same kind of money anymore. So back in 2016, Amazon was the big e-com platform and you could white label and sell your own products or other people's products on Amazon. Now many people have moved on to Etsy or Shopify or even sites like Vinted and Depop and the Amazon gold rush has gone. We cashed in big in 2016 when it was big. I remember the days when it was easy to get a podcast guest and you didn't have to pay tens of thousands of pounds back in 2016 when I launched episode one of Disruptors. Now I've done over a thousand episodes and so many people are doing podcasts and that early adopter stage has leveled out. It's harder to get guests. They want to be paid big money and it's more difficult to be unique. Every single year, there will be some early adopter fast movement trend, maybe in your niche, maybe in another niche. I've taught millions of people how to make money in one of my company's progressive property. And we find around about every three years, there's this new, revolutionary, disruptive way to buy property. Single lets, multi-lets, cluster flats, shared living, workspace, commercial development, commercial conversion, commercial investing, flipping, development, and now even owning real estate in the metaverse. I've been in the property investing space now nearly two decades. I own 340 units with my business partner. We manage 1,350 units. We've sold a good another 350 or 400 properties. So we've been involved in 1,700 property purchases, exchanges, and deals. And in those 20 years, I've just shared with you at least 11 different business models and ways to trend upwards and make money in property. Now, you do not want to be first because there is no proof. You are the lemming. You are the crash test dummy. For every 10 big new trends and business ideas, eight of them may fail. So the early adopter stage is when it's been going long enough to show some proof, but there isn't the mainstream interest. Habit number four is energy. 
Every billionaire I know knows that money is just energy. It's a transfer of energy. Sales is transferring your energy into someone else so they can see a better future for themselves. They can feel that their life will be better buying your product or service. So they create a meaningful vision. They are big thinkers. Their sales pitch is about how to change the world, not just how to sell a product. But there's also the energy to work. I know someone who's very close to Elon Musk, and Elon Musk packs a day. He has meetings every 10 or 12 minutes. He gets hundreds of things done in a day managing four of the biggest companies in the world. And a zero air moans when they've got three jobs to do in a day. Every time I walk into my office and I see my 130 staff, I think, how can I transmute my energy to lift the frequency and the vibration up to force up 130 people? Now, if you have good energy and good power, you can do this. You can change the frequency of hundreds or thousands or even millions of people. If you refuse to be low energy, if you refuse to have no said to you, if you refuse to give up, if you bring the fire, you will set the world on fire. I have never met a dullard, low energy, monotone billionaire. Number five, education and continual development. You never hear a billionaire say, oh, when is it ever enough? I just want to make five grand a month and go on holiday three times a year and retire. The learning never stops. Your reward for solving a problem is a bigger problem. New level, new devil. Look at Elon Musk at the pinnacle of wealth, richest man in the world. And every day that guy is fighting off massive problems. Buying Twitter and losing billions fighting all the advertisers who are leaving the platform, being sued every day for tens of billions, yet the guy never has a loss of enthusiasm and drive and never stops learning. There is no billionaire, not even a millionaire that I know that expects to do one course or read one book and that's all you need to learn. The learning never stops. The more you learn, the more you earn. Always maintain the student mindset no matter how much of a master you become. And always invest in yourself because you are your best asset and you pay yourself the best return. Every billionaire I know reads a hell of a lot. In fact, I know one billionaire who's read tens of thousands of books. Quick warning on this. If you're a zero heir or nearly there and you want to go from millionaire to billionaire, not only are there things you need to learn, but there are things you need to unlearn. So a billionaire has unlearned being a puppet, being indoctrinated by the system, doing what they're told. Every billionaire I know is rebellious, contrarian and disruptive. Number six is consistency and persistence. Most people don't understand the difference between consistency and persistence, or they believe you only need one of the two to be successful and wealthy. If you want to go to the higher echelons of wealth, you need to understand both. So persistence is keep going when it's hard. Consistency is keep going when it's easy. Now, some people break when it's hard, but some people get bored when it's easy. So my business partner, who's a multimillionaire, in fact, he was a millionaire in his early 20s. He loves things to become boring because he believes that once they're boring, they're predictable. And once it's predictable, it's a system that you can rinse and repeat over and over. I imagine making a McDonald's burger is pretty freaking boring. I imagine Ray Kroc and all the other billionaires sitting on the board of McDonald's don't give a fuck. 
So be careful not to self-sabotage because you like variety things that are consistently working. But also be careful not to give up when it gets hard. When it gets hard, billionaires get harder. I remember in 2015, I nearly threw the towel in in one of my training companies, Progressive Success. I'd hustled for maybe five years to make this company work. It seemed we couldn't get it to grow. It seemed that more fluffy personal development courses weren't kind of the in thing. We went through trainer after trainer after trainer. I remember thinking, how long do you have to give something before you give up? And some of my mentors were saying, actually, successful people do give up. They give up on the right things. And I was about to throw the towel in on a business that nearly 10x'd its revenue the next year and hit 10 million from barely being able to hit a million the year before. That would be an example of persistence because I almost gave up right at the point of success. But an example of consistency would be the very standard, very basic, almost boring looking single family houses that I've been buying consistently, hundreds of them, since 2005. They look the same, they produce a similar or the same amount of money each month, they're very easy to manage. They're not something that you would make a glossy brochure over and brag to your friends about, but they have made me tens of millions. If you're a junkie for variety, get variety somewhere else. Find consistency in your business. Number seven is the first one that billionaires are never going to admit to you. And that is monopoly power. Monopoly power is when you have a monopoly in an industry. You own it. You have an unfair advantage. You do not have the fair forces of competition. You dominate. Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, owned by one of the richest men in the world, he's been number one on the rich list before, owns 75 distinguished high-end brands. Many of the high-end brands you think are named something else are owned by LVMH, whether that's clothing or watches. You think there's price competition because there are multiple brands, when in fact one brand owns them all, and they have monopoly power. If there was fair free market competition, they would have been stopped from buying 75 of the biggest brands in clothing and watchmaking. Procter & Gamble owns 65 brands and they have 5 billion customers. Most of the planet is a customer of Procter & Gamble and they've never even heard of the brand. They buy their food, they buy their shampoo, they think they have choice. They do not have choice because Procter & Gamble own most of the products on the shelves that you're comparing. So they can control and force up price. Do you know the biggest brand that Procter & Gamble own? I bet you don't. Pampers. They have a monopoly in nappies. Now, we're supposed to have governments that stop monopoly power because monopoly power isn't actually good for the consumer because the consumer wants lots of different companies competing with each other to minimize the price. But be honest, if you could have monopoly power in your industry and if you could get rid of all your competition, or you could buy and own all your competition, be honest, would you? So monopoly power is something that's not supposed to happen because we're supposed to have free fair markets and competition which improves quality and drives down price for fair value. But in reality, we don't have it because the bigger brands get and the more powerful they become, they can buy up competitors, they can influence legislation, they can donate to politicians. And how else would a billionaire become a billionaire? Because to become a billionaire, you probably have to sell billions of units. Now, what billionaire alive is going to go on national or global TV and say, yeah, I have monopoly power. I dominate my entire industry. I unfairly wiped them all out and crushed them so I could own every brand, so I could control price and make maximum profit. None of them are going to say that. In fact, look at this. 
Procter & Gamble is one of the world's leading fast-moving consumer goods companies with 65 brands serving more than 5 billion consumers. P&G embraces the opportunity to be a force for good and a force for growth in the world to drive real impact. That is the first thing that comes up on Google when you type in how many brands does Procter & Gamble own. Looks like PR to me. Number eight is possibly the single most important factor to become a billionaire. You cannot become a billionaire unless you do this, and most people on the planet can't do this. It would be illegal. That's why they're not billionaires. No billionaire would ever want to admit this, and you'll see why in a moment. But to become a billionaire, you need to get your tax bill down to virtually zero. Now, everyone knows that billionaires do this and billion-dollar companies do this, yet they always seem to get away with it. Now, let me ask you again before you put your moral judgment on it. If you could have a billion-dollar company and pay nearly zero in tax, what would you do? If you make a dollar and you have to give 70 cents away in tax, you make a pound and you have to give 50 pence in tax, how can you ever get rich giving away more than half your money? It is impossible. Now, when you start making money, you focus on making money. As soon as you start giving half of it away, you have to look at that expense and go, how can I reduce that expense? If you started a business and you were just giving half your money away to staff member or one supplier, you go, wait a minute, that's too much. I need to reduce this cost. Tax is an overhead. Tax to most people is a fixed cost, but it's actually not. There are strategies and tactics and offsets and depreciables that any business owner can legally and legitimately implement to get your tax bill down. And then there are a few that are only accessible to the billionaires, like paying 4% corporation tax instead of 20 or 25% corporation tax, like influencing legislation and getting some side door tax break. Now, the biggest tax breaks are saved for the most influential and powerful people, and that's just life. So don't just think about getting your income up. Think about getting your tax bill down. And you do not need me to tell you that billionaires are very good at avoiding tax. Disclaimer and warning, know the difference between avoidance and evasion. And if you are going to look to a tax-saving strategy, don't look to some scheme and scam. Look to something legitimate from a really good accountant or a really good tax advisor and make sure you get tax investigation insurance so you've got an accountant that signs it off and tax investigation insurance that signs it off, and then you should be good. The biggest billionaires have the best tax advisors. I interviewed Robert Kiyosaki on my show, Disruptors. He said to me openly, he pays zero tax. He says he's a billionaire, he's billions in debt, and he pays zero tax. And I said to him, well, how do you do that? And he said, good tax advisors. Is it fair? Well, no, in the sense that why shouldn't everyone be able to get the tax breaks that the billionaires do? But yes, in the sense that it's a merit-based world and they earned the right. Number 10 is goals, but it's the reality of goals. So goals, if you think about it, are actually a fantasy. I want a nice car, I want a big house, I want to be a millionaire. That's just a dream. So goals are actually dream setting, not goal setting. Now, I remember a mentor of mine talking about goals and he sat me down and he said, I don't do goal setting, I do reality setting. And when I set a goal, yes, I think about what I want to achieve and the upsides, but I also plan the downsides, the challenges and the problems that will come with the upside fantasy of a goal. Billionaires know that the big tasks and the BHAGs, the big, hairy, audacious goals, they are going to come with big problems. Elon Musk isn't sitting there going, oh yeah, we're going to go to Mars and it's going to be great and easy and I'm going to be a zillionaire. He knows the huge problems he and humanity will face to get us off this planet. Now, the problem with just being reality focused and knowing that things and life are hard 
is you never dream. So you must dream, you must think big, but then start small. Every billionaire I've met and studied can think bigger than other humans, can see the future of not just their life, but the future of humanity themselves. That is delusion, that is fantasy. But it's also possible with decades of struggle. The journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Yes, be a dreamer, but also be a doer.